This is Ira from Ira on Sports. We're talking to Mark Canazero, the famous New York Post writer, also author of, we had him on a few months ago, about seven days in Augusta, which is coming up in uh, November. So thanks a lot, Mark, for coming on Ira on Sports. No problem, Ira. How are you doing? Doing great, doing great. Well, you've been really lucky this weekend. I've been reading your stories in the New York Post about your coverage of the U.S. Open, uh, and it must have been great, exciting to be out there and seeing Bryson DeSambo to take on Wingfoot and destroy it. Yeah, it was pretty eye-opening, Ira. I mean, uh, you know, it's interesting. All conventional wisdom leading into the tournament told you that that the winner was going to be hitting fairways and. Uh, you know, be a, the most accurate driver was going to have the best chance to win. And and Bryson basically came in and said, you know what, I'm going to bomb it with my driver. Um, I'm not going to worry where it goes. If it's in the fairway, great. If it's not, I'll be down close enough to, you know, to where I can hack out a 9-iron or a pitching wedge or an 8-iron under the middle of the green. And, uh, and his philosophy, his strategy worked. Uh, his short game was, was brilliant. His putting was was fantastic. He ranked number one in putting for the week, and uh, it all worked. It came it all came together for him, and it really kind of it was total anti-establishment golf in terms of the way you 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 feel like the USGA wants its winner to uh, to win a you know to take to capture a U.S. Open, and uh, he completely just you know went against conventional wisdom, and it worked and. Uh, you know, you have to wonder if it's, that's a trend right now because length obviously has always been a massive advantage of golf, and, and, and if anything, what Bryson has done, bulking himself up and adding all the weight and, and the uh, swing speed and length off the tee now, uh, it's just, you know, I have a hard time not believing that, uh, you know, this has become a trend, you know, that the kids are out there now learning how to play golf, you know, the way they used to want to do what Tiger did, now they want to do what Bryson's doing. Well, they said about what Rory, when Rory made the comment is during the uh, summer season, as they say, after the back, when he, when he added all that bulk and all that length, they're like, it's one thing to do it at the Rocket Mortgage Classic when the rough is, is like an inch deep or it's very easy to hit. But when you get to the majors, that's where the problem's going to come. You saw Bryson had trouble this year at the, uh, at the Tour Championships and the, and the FedEx Cup Playoff Series. So he didn't really, I mean, he was 25 to 1 going to this tournament, but he totally turned on you know, expectations on top of their head by going full bore at, this, at the U.S. Open. Yeah, he did, and uh, you know, I mean, listen, I, I I know Bryson addressed the Tour Championship. You know, the grass there was, you know, he wasn't hitting it well out of that particular Bermuda grass, and um, you know, but it, it's interesting. I, I remember when he first came on the scene, uh, you know, the first tournament back when the when the tour restarted, and uh, I was at the Colonial in Texas. I covered that tournament. It was it was. The first tournament with no fans, which we've been getting used to now. And, um, you know, that was kind of everybody's first look at Bryson, you know, since the pandemic pause, so to speak, of three months when everybody was at home. And and it was eye-opening. You know, it was like, wow, how, how did this guy get so big so fast? And he was just bombing it all over the place. And Rory is a very long hitter, as you know, and so is Dustin Johnson. And uh, it looked at some points where, you know, he, he he was blowing tee shots past those guys, and they're looking at each other going, whoa, what just happened? So it's interesting. I'm sitting here right now writing a column for tomorrow's New York Post, uh, kind of looking ahead to Augusta and what, what Bryson might do to Augusta National in, in you know, in, in November. 
after what he just, you know, he just dismantled wing foot with narrow fairways and, and gnarly rough. And now he's going to go to Augusta where there's essentially no rough and the fairways are pretty wide and generous. And obviously, and, and he's been putting great. So, you know, you throw all those things together and it's hard not to look at him as a massive favorite to win at Augusta. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was certainly, I just think that that was, what are the other golfers, when you're out there talking to golfers, and we see the public quotes that they make about him, and he's not the most, I mean, it seems like Tiger likes him, Tiger Hanks you know, always does all the right things about, but it's, you know, he's someone who is, has an abrasive personality. I've been, I've been there walking with him sometimes, and I've seen yell at spectators more than any other golfer, um, but, and he also plays slow. But what do the other golfers see, think about this and see this, because it's such a, such a massive change in terms of how we view golf. Well, I think for the most, I mean, listen, Bryson's always been a bit of a, kind of a quirky California quirky guy, and uh, <laughs> you know the mad scientist vibe and all that. I think that the, I think guys are kind of fascinated by him and and curious. Um, I know Phil Mickelson, you know, has spoken to him a little bit. I know Tiger's taken a liking to him. Yeah, I mean, he's he's rubbed some people the wrong way a few times. Obviously, he got into a little bit of a spat with uh, with Brooks Kepka with the slow play, um, you know, and. Uh, you know, that's been an issue. And, and you know what? I think, frankly, to be honest with you, Ira, I think it didn't help uh, Matthew Wolf yesterday in that final round because Wolf is a guy that likes to play fast. And as somebody who can relate to that, because I'm kind of a hit-and-run golfer myself, when I, get, when I get paired up with somebody that's slow, it's difficult. It really it's hard to keep your concentration. It's just hard to keep your patience. And so there is an element out there because of how slow he does play, particularly around the greens, uh, because he's just calculating all this stuff. You know, his mind is like a calculator. It's kind of crunching in numbers and spitting them out. And, uh, you know, you know when he's out winning a U.S. Open, it's hard to really criticize him. But, you know, it, it is it, – there's mixed feelings, you know. I mean, he's kind of a love-hate guy. You know, I think a lot of people, um, you know, look at him as somebody, you know, he, who's, who's a – he. I mean, you know, Bryson could be a very friendly character. I mean, he's – I know for a fact because I've got some friends that are involved with some charities that he is uh, that he's donated his time to, and he is passionate about giving, you know, off the golf course and things like that of his time and 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 uh, and whatnot. So I, you know, it's it's hard for me to dislike him when I know those things about him, but I also don't like the way he takes ten minutes over every putt. It seems like you know, <laughs> even if it's an eight or ten footer, um, but that said, he's the he's the guy with the U.S. Open trophy right now, and. and Nobody else has it, so I think there's a there's a, there's an element of respect there for for what you know from the from his peers from from what he's done and transformed his body, and they see how much he works out there. I mean, I'm sure you saw some of the some of the television clips, you know, of him you know beating balls under the lights on Saturday night at the practice range at Wingfoot because he didn't like the way he hit his driver in the third round on Saturday, and you know that that took place pretty much every day. I mean, he was the last guy off the off the practice range, so. You know, I, I've gotten some texts, you know, some emails from readers of, oh, he's a cheater, he's doing steroids, blah, blah, blah. First of all, there's no proof of that. And second of all, unfortunately, that's our society that we live in now where we just automatically think that everybody that bulks up or hits more home runs or pitches faster or whatever whatever it may be uh, is cheating, you know. But I have no evidence to that. And I, I, what I see is a guy that's worked his ass off, to be honest with you, and, and, and I think there's respect amongst the peers for that. And you mentioned a, a few set minutes ago about the lack of fans. 
um, from television perspective, I mean, I haven't been out there. You've been out there and seen it in person. From television, it doesn't appear like I am enjoying it. I think the fans, are, the ratings are great for golf. So it's one thing that they really did want to have the commissioner getting golf back fast and has done well. But in terms of being out there when you're on the course, what are you noticing from the, from the ability that, that you know, there's no fans out there and, and, and how does it affect the golfers? It's very flat. I mean, you know, it's, you know, Rory was very transparent about it, you know, about a month or two ago, just admitting that he was, he was having trouble focusing with no fans, you know, cause it just, we, you know, the intensity wasn't there and, you know, that's things that all of these guys have had to try to adapt to. And you're right. I think on television, you know, and, you know, I, I've covered now five or six of these events now. Um, but I've also watched some of them on television and I think it comes off great on television. I think Ira, what I am most interested to see how it's going to come off with no fans is at Augusta, because I think the Masters is a place where those roars and the, you can, you can feel it through the TV screen. Um, the, you know, the, the vibe at, at Augusta national, um, you know, I think you felt it a little bit maybe this week, you know, for the U S open, because particularly because it, it was, it was in New York and the New York crowds, are pretty boisterous and vociferous, and um, you know they become a part of the of the fabric of, of the major championships that are played here in this area. Um, but again, you know, you watch most of the tour events. You know, unless you're Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson or, or Rory or now Deaton Bryson or whatever, or those handful of stars, there's not a whole lot of people following some of these other guys around anyway. There's not a bunch of guys following Brian Harmon around the golf course, you know. <laughs> no offense, or Billy Horschel, or whomever. Um, so to see not a lot of gallery on the other side of the ropes doesn't seem that abnormal. But I think at Augusta, when you when you're going to see the empty, well, I, don't, I guess they're not going to have grandstands at Augusta because they won't put them up. But it's just going to be. I think Augusta is going to be weird to watch on TV. I think of all of the tournaments, the two that I thought would be affected most web no fans would be the Ryder Cup, a number one because the, the crowds there are such a fabric of that, you know, because it's so partisan. And, and a Masters and Augusta, because those roars are just something we've come gotten used to. And I think that's going to be, as, as used to it as I am, now I've been covered two majors, the PGA Championship in San Francisco and now this U.S. Open, without fans and how weird it is, how quiet it is, I think it's really going to strike me most, most of all at Augusta in November. I think it's really going to hit me there. We're talking to Mark Cannizzaro of the New York Post, who has an author. If you're looking for a great book about uh, the Masters, Seven Days at Augusta, um, just a couple more questions. In, without the fans, do you think that's helped the younger golfers, the Matthew Wolves, the Colin Morikawas, who have been playing amateur golf, as we just said, <laughs> usually in amateur golf, there's, there's only their families are following them around. Um, does, has that, or when they're college, their uh, college teammates, do you feel that they get a benefit because of they don't have the pressure of, of those big galleries? You know, Ira, that was a question that we mulled a little bit, certainly leading into yesterday's final round with Matthew Wolf holding a two-shot lead. And it didn't seem to help him there because the pressure was there <laughs> and he didn't, you know, he didn't play his best. Caught a couple bad breaks. Bryson played extremely well. And you know, once he kind of overtook him late in the front nine, I think that rattled Matthew a little bit. So I don't really know that it was a major factor yesterday, but you know, you could certainly make an argument that, you know, that there's less pressure with no fans there because you're not hearing stuff. I thought, if anything, where it might have helped a couple of players might have been Saturday when Bryson was playing and he was paired with with uh, 
Patrick Reed because both of those guys are polarizing figures. And, you know, if, if you had your typical New York crowd out there, I'm sure those guys would have heard a few salty comments or, you know, cynical things from some of the, some of the fans. So um, maybe that would have helped them a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it's hard, it's, really, it's hard to measure. Each golfer is different. Um, and you're right. I mean, you know, the, the guys that are the young guys, you know, the Matthew Wolfs and the Hovlands and, and whatnot, uh, Morikawa, you know, they're coming off of playing college and amateur golf, and they're kind, of, they're kind of used to that. But, you know, I'm not sure that that helps, helps them. And then one, and one final question you have to ask about Tiger. I mean, he, I was, you know, following him all on Thursday, and he seemed to have a good round, and then he had the bogey and double bogey to final the, the round, and then certainly Friday fell apart. Um, how does he look? How does he feel? How does it coming into the Masters in a couple of months? Uh, you know, he can pull out anything, so there's nothing you know <laughs> that would surprise anybody. But how did he look out yeah. there uh, with the course? I've you know I've never been one to bet against Tiger, uh, but I will say this: uh, I have been pretty unimpressed with what I've seen um, out of him um, in these last few months since, since golf got started again. Um, he hasn't he hasn't contended at all. Um, he's just doesn't. He physically seems to be fine, but he just doesn't seem to be doing anything particularly well. Um, so I think that I'm not at this point expecting a ton out of him at Augusta. Although I would think that Augusta would certainly rekindle his you know his game and his mentality and his vibe a little bit, just because you know obviously he's coming back there as a defending champion and he's won it you know, multiple times, but I, I, I just don't really like what I've seen out of him. I certainly didn't like anything I saw out of him at, at, a, at, uh, at, at wing foot this past weekend. I mean, or this past week, I should say, he didn't make the weekend because I just, you know, he was struggling to make birdies. You know, I mean, when he had a chance to kind of make a run and make the cut with a couple birdies, he just, he couldn't, couldn't summon up, you know, what we were used to tiger summoning up. You know what I mean? He seems to have lost his superpowers which is understandable. He's 44 and he's, and he's, you know, multiple back surgeries in, but you know, again, I, I walked out of the grounds on Friday night after, after writing. And I, I thought about tiger and I thought to myself, uh, like, uh, you know, I thought to myself, I wonder if he's ever going to win another tournament again, period. I don't know. Cause he doesn't play that much either. Remember, you know, he just doesn't get out there that much. I've always felt like he hurts himself cause he doesn't get enough tournament reps because he plays so infrequently. But, you know, in fairness to him, he, he has to manage himself, you know, himself physically as well because um, obviously with his back, you know, we don't know what's going on physically. I never question an athlete and his, and, his, and his injuries or his physicality and whatnot. So you have to kind of wonder, you know, I wonder if it hurts him that he doesn't play often enough because he just doesn't play that much. And you can't expect to turn up a wing foot this past week and – you know, and light it up. You know, and 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 I don't know how many I don't know how many times, if at all, he's going to play before Augusta. I mean, I suppose he'll play somewhere, maybe. I guess I don't know, but um, it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. But yeah, it, we're we're Augusta's around the corner, and and his form is not there right now. 
Well, I, I encourage everybody. We've been talking to Mark Cannizzaro. Uh, his book, Seven Days in Augusta, was one of the best books I've ever read about the Masters. And, uh, you, you know, I, I subscribe to New York Post down in West Palm Beach, but you go online at nypost.com. He's one of the best golf writers out there. And, and so, Mark, and hopefully next year, we talked about this last time, I hope you come down for the Honda Classic. I mean, get your work on that. Hopefully we get fans back there. We have a great tournament. You know, all the golfers are here. And the, the new schedule after the players, hopefully people will still play, will play in it. But uh, we'd love to have you come down to West Palm Beach to uh, to come to the Honda Classic next year. Well, I certainly hope to be down there, Ira, and I hope I hope we get some fans out there, you know, soon as well. I think I think they're going to start slowly incorporating that into you know the PGA Tour. I think they're going to start slowly bringing you know you know some fans back. Um, you know, you're going to start to see that I think in the coming months, uh, hopefully. But you know, when we get back to complete normal normalcy, um, who knows? Well, again, thank you so much for coming on. I know you're really busy, and I appreciate you coming on Ira on Sports. Thanks for having me on, Ira. Be well.